Welcome to the Renew Theology Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Bethany. We're two millennial women who enjoy discussing God's Word and how it applies to our lives. We believe in seeking to be rooted and established in the Word and allowing its truth to penetrate every area of our lives. Welcome to this week's Theological Conversation. Today we are talking about the gifts of the Spirit and whether they have continued or not. Because there is such a broad spectrum of Christian denominations, there is a variety of secondary or non-gospel issue beliefs that are held among Christians. One of these issues that varies between Christian denominations is that of the gifts of the Spirit, namely uh, prophecy, tongues, and divine healing. Some theologies say that the gifts of the Spirit have ceased, which is cessationism. Others say that the gifts of the Spirit have continued to today, and this is continuationism. Even if you already know where you stand on this issue, it's important to hear the other side and have a balanced and informed understanding of the elements of each belief. So today, we're going to take some time to explain both sides of the discussion and hopefully provide you with some helpful information regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, we are going to talk about cessationism. It's a big word, but it means um, the belief that the spiritual gifts have ceased, ceased cessation. Um, People who believe this are called cessationists. So hopefully that will help you follow along as we discuss right now. So the main idea of cessationism is that the gifts of the spirit ceased with the apostles' death. And the apostles would have been like Jesus's um, 12 disciples, um, although Judas Iscariot was replaced. And then also Paul was an apostle. So when those people died, so did the gifts of the spirit. Once the word was completely written or the canon of scripture was closed, signs were no longer needed because people had access to the word of God. Typically, Christian denominations that subscribe to a Reformed theology are of more the cessationist persuasion. Um, For more info on the Reformed Presbyterian denominations, listen to episode 32. Um, Some cessationist leaders you might be aware of are John MacArthur. He's the pastor of the Southern Baptist Congregation Grace Community Church. He's featured a featured teacher with Grace to You, the radio show, and he's the author of the book Strange Fire. He kind of literally wrote the book on cessationism. Daniel Wallace, he's the executive director for the Center of for the Study of the New Testament Manuscripts, and Richard Gaffin, who is a theologian. We're going to define the spiritual gifts according to cessationists. One thing we noticed in doing our research is that cessationists and continuationists, those who believe the spiritual gifts have continued, do define the spiritual gifts slightly differently, especially prophecy. So we're going to take a minute and discuss those definitions according to cessationists right now. Cessationists define prophecy as direct revelation from God that is equal to scripture in in its authority. Divine healing is defined as the idea of placing your hands on someone and saying something along the lines of, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And then that person is instantaneously healed. And tongues refers to worshiping God in a unique dialect. um, And that scripture says that this is strictly between the worshiper and God. Um, so I'm going to assume that that's what they would mean when they say speaking in tongues. 
So sometimes people are cessationists because they've been like weirded out by the charismatic movement or they've seen it abused um, or not handled super well. And their response is to fear this unknown movement and say that the gifts have ceased. However, this is not to say that all people are cessationists because of fear. Um, We're going to discuss the scripture and reasoning that many cessationists support their beliefs with. John MacArthur says regarding cessationism, quote, that has been the normative historical view of the church through the church's life, unquote. Yeah, and we don't really agree with that. <laughs> like, in my head, I had Dwight from the office's false meme. Literally, okay, in the Catholic Church, that's how you become a saint. You have to have a miracle done by your own hand. Sorry. Yeah, and the Catholic Church is way older than Protestantism, which we also discussed in our whole like, church denomination, Catholic Church episode series. So... A lot of cessationists have a problem with these three spiritual gifts because of the issue of divine revelation. Divine revelation is how scripture was recorded. So when we say divine revelation, we're talking about the apostles and the men who wrote the Bible. Um, They received divine revelation or divine inspiration from God. And that's how they wrote the inerrant word of God. Many people who believe that the spiritual gifts have ceased say that when one claims to have prophesied, they are claiming to have received divine revelation. So cessationists say that if you claim to have received divine revelation after the canon of scripture has closed, which it has, then you're adding to scripture. And this is strictly forbidden in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. That passage of scripture says, Quote, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So the cessationist standpoint is that this goes against the sufficiency of scripture. If you're saying you can receive divine revelation from God, which you are, according to them, when you say you can prophesy then you are going against the core core doctrine of Christianity, which is sola scriptura, or the sufficiency of scripture. In one of his writings, John MacArthur points out that when we say we need the Bible and someone to prophesy, etc., we introduce an out-of-control, mystical, and arbitrary element to Christian living. This is a valid point. We're not to add to scripture, and we need to acknowledge the sufficiency of scripture as well. When we feel the need to have someone else always interpret the Bible for us, we can be easily led astray. So biblical discernment is necessary. So if so many people believe that spiritual gifts have ceased, what do they believe about the Holy Spirit and the role he plays in our lives? I have a quote here from John MacArthur. It says, When all that we need is in the word of God, and the Spirit quickens what is in the word of God to accomplish all his goals in our Christian living, it matters a lot. So what he's saying there is the spirit works through the word of God to accomplish his goals in our lives. John MacArthur also said in an interview several years ago that he believes that when the Holy Spirit works in him, he does not perceive that it is happening. He is not aware of the spirit. What is the spirit and what is his own mind, etc. So I kind of equate this to like the providence view of God's work in our lives where Um, you know, we attribute things to like providence, which is God, but we're not necessarily like aware of what is our own choices versus what is the spirit working in us. It's sort of just is all blended together and it's sort of like God just works it all out. 
Now we're going to talk about the supporting scripture for this cessationist view. One of the main biblical passages that they use and they often refer to is 1 Corinthians 13 verses 8 through 10, which says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Cessationists believe that this brings clarity to the issue of spiritual gifts because they interpret the quote, but when the perfect comes, unquote, to be referring to the closing of the canon of scripture and the end of the apostolic age. So perfect being now having the complete word of God inscripturated, like the Bible, the canon. Regarding the apostles, cessationists make the argument that because the apostles themselves were not a continuing tradition, so for example, Paul says that he was the last apostle in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8, cessationists say that the gifts died out with them too. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 lists several gifts of the Spirit. That passage says, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So cessationists would say that because the gift of apostleship has passed away, which was the first gift mentioned in that verse, so have all the other gifts. Essentially, they equate all the spiritual gifts with apostleship and then say that because the apostles were not replaced, the spiritual gifts ceased from along with the office of apostle. And in my research, I will just point out um, that I noticed that in my research, cessationists use a lot of logic. They say, okay, so because this is true, this follows. And I just thought that that was interesting. Um, Also, so in watching a video from John MacArthur from the Master's Seminary, um, in the beginning, he says it's not a gospel issue, but then in the same video clip says that in the end, people who are caught up in the charismatic movement are hearing a false gospel. Um, It was interesting to us that he seems to think it is a gospel issue, but doesn't really want to say it quite as clearly as that. And to him, this is obviously a really big deal. Yeah, and John MacArthur is definitely a source if you want to hear more about cessationism. And we'll link some of um, his like videos or articles or whatever in our description so that you can check that out if you want, because we are trying to give you a very balanced view of both sides in this episode. But John MacArthur, like we mentioned earlier, he wrote a book called Strange Fire, the strange fire referring to the gifts of the spirit that, um, that he believes are not to be practiced. So this book, Strange Fire by John MacArthur, has the tagline, The Danger of Offending the Holy Spirit with Counterfeit Worship. And he actually has hosted Strange Fire conferences where he teaches on this issue. So he's definitely an authority on cessationism if you want to hear more about that. continuationism. Hooray! The belief of continuationism is that spiritual gifts did not cease with the closing of scripture or at the end of the apostolic age. Continuationists believe that all the spiritual gifts are accessible to the church today, though there is some variance in belief as to whether everyone has that gift or not. And we'll discuss that a little bit later. There are people who are like more continuationist than others. So we're going to try and sort of make those differences clear as we discussed continuationism. 
Some churches believe that certain people have certain gifts, while other churches believe that everyone can utilize any of the spiritual gifts. So an example of that is that there are churches who believe that speaking in tongues is evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So unless you speak in tongues, you do not have the Spirit in you. And that's um, one belief. The idea that only certain people have certain gifts can be supported with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. That passage says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So this passage is just saying that, hey, the spirit gives different gifts, different spiritual gifts to different people in the church, and it's the same spirit giving all these different gifts, and that's the way it is. So as you can see, there are two varying views. So usually it is the more charismatic churches, such as the Pentecostal denominations, that are the proponents of the spiritual gifts actively working and being used. Many say that continuationism was revived in the early 1900s when the charismatic movement started. You'll hear more about this in episode 32. Some well-known continuationists are John Piper. He's the founder and teacher of DesiringGod.org, and he is the former pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Bill Johnson, who's the pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and Wayne Grudem, who's an apologist and theologian. And interesting point about John Piper, we mentioned earlier that typically Reformed churches are cessationist and typically non-Reformed churches are non-cessationist, but John Piper is an interesting teacher in that he is a Reformed continuationist. So that's just interesting to note. So the spiritual gift definitions, according to continuationists, are as follows. Generally, they believe that in terms of prophecy, there is a difference between foretelling versus forthtelling. So modern day prophecy is not the same as Old Testament prophecy, which is which seems to be what the cessationists say, that, that, that if you are saying you're prophesying, then you're basically saying you're the next Elijah. Um, but continuationists would say it is a, that prophecy is about edifying and encouraging others with the truth of God's word rather than bringing God's judgment. So you're taking what scripture says and you're speaking it over each other. Um, healing is defined as divine healing that takes place by Christ's power alone through the prayer, prayer of the saints. So not a whole lot of difference there from cessation to continuation. And tongues are to be used to build up and edify the church. It is um, Speaking in tongues is done in an orderly fashion with someone to interpret. And again, this is where we run into another difference between maybe more hyper-charismatic churches and less charismatic churches. Some say that this um, speaking in tongues is like a heavenly language, um, while others say that this is just different ethnic languages. So like maybe if you have no idea how to speak Spanish and you are speaking Spanish suddenly by the power of the Spirit, you're speaking in tongues. The role of the Holy Spirit in continuationism is that the Holy Spirit guides us as we allow him to lead us. And we can often perceive his work in our lives if we are listening for it. 
Every person can not only be filled with the Holy Spirit, since this happens at salvation, as cessationists would agree, but everyone can listen to the Holy Spirit, feeling his peace or lack of peace in their hearts. The Holy Spirit's role is to convict, to guide, to give wisdom, to strengthen, to counsel, and more in the life of a believer. Um, this is important because like living by the Spirit is talked about quite a bit in Romans, and if the Holy Spirit doesn't individually guide us, and we can't be sure of his leading, that would be pretty dangerous, I think, as a believer. Like, there would be, it would be pretty subjective otherwise. Um, I know, I don't really want to put personal stories into it, but I've had this a whole lot where I think, like, I know that the Holy Spirit is nudging me in one direction or the other or is impressing something on my heart. So, however, the Holy Spirit's voice can be quenched by a believer Um, And this can be done by not listening for and obeying the Spirit's voice. So, continuationists believe that it is only by God's power and grace that we can be sensitive to the Spirit's work in our lives. And when we refuse to seek Him, we can prevent Him from working abundantly in our lives. So, there's this element of, you know, we can sense the Spirit working in our lives, but we have to be looking for and listening for it. Oh, and I will add too that continuationists would say that the spirit will always agree with scripture. So that is how um, continuationists still hold to sola scriptura. It's not that we are adding to scripture, but we are saying that the Holy Spirit will always agree with scripture. And that's one way that we can know that it's the Holy Spirit. That's a really important point. Really important. Yeah. If you're saying the Holy Spirit led me to, you know, divorce my wife, well, probably not. Okay. (laughs) So some supporting scripture for this belief is that continuationists believe the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 refers to the, quote, perfect being Christ's second coming rather than the end of the apostolic age as ended by the the apostles' deaths and the closing of the canon. So that's what cessationists believe. Those who believe that the spiritual gifts have continued also believe that they will cease when Jesus returns because they will no longer be necessary at that point. We will be in the presence of God all the time. We referred to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 earlier as well. This passage is used to support the argument for active spiritual gifts in the church today. Paul does not limit this list to apostles. He is writing to the Corinthian church here. And in verse one of chapter 12, he begins with, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So he's not just writing to an apostle. um, He's writing to the congregation as a whole. He seems to be addressing the entire church here, not only apostles. Some cessationists would argue that the spiritual gifts only existed to confirm the authority of the original apostles. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This seems to clearly establish the fact that spiritual gifts are for the edification of the church as a whole, rather than to confirm a leader's spiritual authority. Some differences um, from the continuationists. So there are definitely some differing views on the spiritual gifts among the continuationists. There are some hyper charismatic churches who would say that essentially anything is permissible and is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. So from holy laughter or speaking in tongues, fainting or being slain in the spirit um, to reporting gold glitter and quote unquote angel feathers falling from heaven. So this has been reported at the Bethel Church in Redding, California as being, quote, God's glory or the glory cloud. 
there's need needs to say there are many continuationist churches who would disagree with this view of spiritual gifts and their place in worship services. The support for these convictions comes from First John chapter four and First Corinthians chapter fourteen. So First John chapter four verses one to six um, talks about the testing of spirits and the importance of doing so. It's entirely possible to have an unclean spirit manifest itself in a worship service, unfortunately. This passage gives instructions to the church on how to discern unclean spirits and then deal with them. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verses 26 to 40 discusses prophecy in the church service and how it should be done in such a way so as to build up each other and in a way that edifies the whole body of Christ. This passage concludes with, So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. That's verses 39 and 40. Because of these passages, many continuationists would disagree with the, quote, always permissible approach to many charismatic worship services. There are many churches who are continuationists, but also subscribe to the regulatory principle of worship. Um, And this is from the Westminster Confession that states that we are only to worship in the way that the Bible commands us to. So there's a way to do it wrong, real wrong. And there's a way to do it right. And we know the way to do it right because the Bible shows us. So overall, um, Bethany and I are what you might call these like moderate continuationists, or um, we saw one article that phrased it as continuationists with a (laughs) seatbelt. I like it. Um, So we believe that the gifts of the spirit are still at work, but that not everyone has all these gifts. We believe that the spirit gives certain gifts to certain people. And we believe that the exercising of these gifts must be done in an orderly way and according to scripture. And um, not that our opinion matters a whole lot, because we really, really, really encourage you to fully research both sides of this argument. So we've been able to give you a bit of a taste in this episode, but there's a lot of information. So if you're interested in learning more, we will definitely link some different resources for both sides of the argument in this episode description. And we really encourage you to check those out on your own. Yeah. One other thing that I will say, um, I've never actually spoken in tongues. I've never seen anybody speak in tongues. I've never seen like a healing miracle. Um, I mean, I've I've heard of, well, I've never seen them, but I've heard of them. The one thing that I would, that I'm like a strong continuationist in is that, is that the Holy Spirit guides us and that the Lord can speak to us and that the Holy Spirit as counselor for our life has been so evident um, in my own life and in other people that I, that I've lived around. Um, and I truly believe that God wants to communicate with us through his spirit. Um, there, there's something that's better about having the Holy Spirit with us here on earth than having Jesus in the flesh. And it seems like from the cessationist camp that having Jesus here in the flesh would be better because having the Holy Spirit seems really vague and wishy-washy. But being having the Holy Spirit here and having you actually speak and, and be an active member in the church's life um, is more biblically supported in my mind. So that, that would be my, my being honest about my experiences. So that is our talk, our podcast rather, 
on continuationism versus cessationism. Obviously, this has just scratched the surface. There are so many other arguments on both sides, and you get to go and do your own research. We really encourage it. It's fun. Like, this is this is the real stuff. Um, and even if you grew up in one camp and never actually considered the other camp, maybe the other camp has some strong reasons that you need to hear about and you need to learn. Um, with that, we will close. Thank you so much for listening. It is such an honor to, for you to listen to us. We do not take this responsibility lightly. Um, we have prayed over you before we recorded this. Um, we would love to hear what you have to say. You can contact us through our email at renewtheology at gmail.com. We're on both Facebook and Instagram at the Renew Theology Podcast. Um, you can rate us and review us, um, especially on an Apple device. It's going to be easy. You just scroll to the bottom of the podcast and you can tap the stars to give us a rating. And if you're feeling extra loving, you can give us a review. That would be so helpful. Um, subscribe. That helps other people to find the podcast and we would love for it to go further. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye.